Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. If you're in a relationship with him, make some noise. If you're in a relationship, make some noise. If you know you look better than your person, make some noise. Because some people don't know they look better in a relationship. You, you, ever, you ever be with somebody and they look worse than you and then they talk to you like they look like you or better and you be like, bitch, did you look at you? <laughs> you got a conversation like you look like me, bitch. Listen, you better bring that goddamn tone down. Not much, bro. How you doing, man? Man, listen, I'm good. Uh, just over here packing and getting ready to uh, get this road, man. That's all. So what's going on? What's going on with you now? I see you. You know, I saw you. You got you still touring with Earthquake, and I just got off the phone with my brother, and I told him I was like, I'm about to get ready to interview Derek. He's like, man, that dude everywhere, man. He was like, uh, what he what he do? And I was like, well, you know, he do comedy. And he was like, shit, is he uh, paying for all them plane tickets himself? I said, nah, bro, I don't think uh, he does. Yeah, I said. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. A drink. Yeah, no. We're doing the Festival of Praise Tour, man. The Gospel Tour with Fred Hammett, uh, Bishop Hezekiah Walker, Israel Holden, Karen Clark Shear, Casey J, Regina Bell, Earthquake, and myself. Can you cuss? No, man, it's a gospel tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you don't don't act like you don't know them church people. Be they they be in there doing that, but when they get home, they got that yak tucked away in that cabinet, bro. Yeah, yeah, but you know, in front of you can't. Now, when they come see me at the club, yeah, I can get loose, but I can't do it. In nah, front of. nah, nah. I understand, bro. Nah, man. So yeah. I see. I, I I reached out to you because I was looking at everything you got going on on Facebook, and I'm like, man, this dude is really busy. And I know you were busy the last time we talked, but I'm like, you real busy right now. You know, every time I look up, you know, I I, I know you uh, got Earthquake, your mentor. Um, I saw you had a picture with uh, Monte Ellis. You had a picture with, uh, I think, Bernard Hopkins, uh, Chris Barnes. You all over the place, man. So so what you got going on right now? Matt Barnes. Oh, <laughs> GP, Gary Payton. Yeah. Oh, that was Gary Payton. You know yeah. why I'm thinking Bernard Hopkins? Because that's what my brother said right before I before I called you. That's what he said, bro. He said, he wasn't he with yeah, Bernard man, Hopkins? Was, I said, hell no, that was Gary. <laughs> yeah, that was Gary Payton, man. You know what, Gary? He was like, a little bit like Bernard, man. We was in uh, Oakland at the uh, Pleasanton Improv. Yeah. Or no, no, Tommy Thieves in Pleasanton. That's where I saw him, man. Okay, that's what's up. So, man, you know you, you know, I got to ask you about Soul Osteen, bro. Where you, where, you, where you get it from, man? What made you come up with that? Uh, listen, here's, here's, here's what happened. When I first met Earthquake, we were at uh, at the Houston Improv, and I walked up to him. I was like, "Hey, man, I'm a big fan of yours. Um, I, we also have the same age, and I just want to say what's up and let you know that I'm, you know, keep on doing your thing, bro. I'm like really proud of you, man." He was like, "Oh yeah." He said, "Do you do voices?" I said, "Yeah, man, I do voices." He was like, "Let me hear." It. So I started doing Joel Osteen. 
So he heard it, he laughed, everybody in the lobby laughed. And he was like, yo, come back tomorrow night and do that. So came back the next night, did it in the green room for him and his manager and somebody else. And he was like, hey, look, Monday, Monday morning, Monday, Monday afternoon, I'm gonna put you on my radio show in New York City. I was like, oh, okay, bet. So he called me right before the radio show and he was like, look, uh, your name is gonna be Solo Steam. You Solo Steam, you the black version of Solo Steam. And that was three, three years ago. Yeah, that was three years ago. That was three um, years ago that that even came about. Absolutely. Right. And so I've been on the radio in New York City all the way up until March of this year at Solo Steam. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. That, those are the things that nobody knows, man. Like we just see it and think, oh, it just happened. You know what I'm saying? Nah. But you've been doing. Nah, it. I've been I've been out with that for a while. New Yorkers knew about it. Yeah. You know, my people in New York, they knew about it. I just never put a face to it. And so to put a face to it, uh, to go along with the joke that I tell on stage, it was just, it was, it was perfect. It was just, it was just the right thing to do. I mean, I, it's it's one of those things to me when I when I look at it. First of all, it's funny. Second of all, it's like a perfect imperfection. And what I mean by that is you don't go too far with it. Like when I looked at it, I was like, okay, he got the white man wig. Then he got, you know, I was like, he got, he got his face painted. He got a little makeup on the collar, which made it perfect to me. Cause like I said, again, it's an imperfect perfection, bro. And then you didn't even go as far as to paint your hands. Like if you remember Dave Chappelle, I think even when Dave Chappelle played a white man on uh, the Chappelle show, he had his hands painted. So, like yeah. I said, bro, I love the whole thing that you're doing, man. I mean, I keep reblogging and I keep, you know, posting it. People that uh, know that you came on the podcast, like when I posted, they saying stuff about it. They texted me about it, bro. So, I mean, you got a following, bro. And I was listening to the episode, um, I think it was ADCL, if I'm getting the acronyms right. But you were doing a show on there. And at the beginning of oh, it, you, yeah, you were that talking was, uh, about, uh, huh? The all-deaf digital joint. Yeah. Stuff. Exactly. And you were talking about a part when it first came on. You was like, have you ever dated somebody who you basically they don't look as good as you, but they don't know that yeah. they don't look as good as you, and they don't they clearly don't know the rules, that you can't talk yeah. to me any kind of goddamn way. Like, And I was thinking, I said, that's, tr- that's real, though. You got to be within at least a two- or three-point radius. If I'm an eight, you got to at least be a six. You can't be no five telling me when to bring my ass home, bro. Yeah, you can't. it don't work like that. Hey, the joke came from a real place, man, because, uh, you know, it, it I just know people deal with that. And I saw an ugly dude holler at a pretty, I was like, bruh, you, you, you walking on thin ice already. Like, what, how did you get her? He must you got that pipe, man. Yeah, because <laughs> you you know how it go, bro. They either skinny is like the the super skinny dudes got the big dicks, or the niggas was the ones that's ugly just got a horse dick. Guy was just like, you know what? I took a break. I, I know I, I went on lunch him. break. I didn't finish doing what I needed to do, so I'm gonna give you a little extra here, and you keep I it moving. I gotta give him something. You, yeah, yeah. That's and that, that, then your pawpaws. <laughs> you remember your pawpaw used to have them. Yeah. Them logs. You not now. I mean, we ain't got them pawpaws no more. Not nah, like bro. that. Them old men. They was. We, it was like y'all was a cartoon character. We had to pick. That's what it was gonna look like. That would have been it. That's would have been it. I mean, the, yeah. the pool is so diluted, bro. You, you, it's not a whole <laughs> lot that you can do. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they was like. It was a black girl, and she was like, I know all these white women want to date y'all, but they do know that all y'all ain't got big dicks, right? And I'm thinking, like, first of all, black women kill me with the interracial thing. Like, they didn't start this shit with Lovin' and Virginia in the interracial dating pool back in 1950-something. 
They started this shit. Hilarious. We just picked up the ball and you know they, they just gave us the baton and we kept it moving. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Quake got a joke and it, and it's the truth. We talk about it all the time, man. And I, you know, my dad even said it to me. Yeah. Listen, if you gon' if you gonna date somebody of another race, if you gonna date a white woman, please get a a white woman that a white man wanted. Yes. Don't be, don't be coming home with these ugly. You know, you know how these brothers be getting these ugly white women. You like, yeah. what are you proud of? And they of? think they winning. They done brought Roseanne Barr home. Yeah, that's that's what they think, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's the thing. I got my baby over here, and she wanted to be a part of the radio interview. Pick up the top. Go ahead. Yeah, let me. Uh, okay, so come on, baby. Now listen. You said you wanted to be a part. Now. Hello. How you doing? Good. What's your name? Mackenzie. Mackenzie. That's a beautiful name. My name is Anthony Mackenzie. So you wanted to be on the podcast today? Yeah. What's your talent? Do you sing? Because, I mean, you know, I got to figure out what you do. You know, normally when you're on the radio, you got a talent of some sort. So what's your talent? Hold on, hold on. Before we go there, listen. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw that video, uh, Aunt, where... She and I are in the truck. It's got like seven thousand views on it on the uh, on the book. Uh, she and I in the truck, and my baby said she wanted to sing. Baby, you remember the song you sang? Mm-hmm. Sing, sing. Come on, let's sing. Yeah, I'm, let's I'm sing. listening to you. Oh man! And <laughs> hey, 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 what I tell you, I'm gonna do to you if you sing that again. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't, I don't know where she heard that from. Uh, what I been? You ain't here in my truck. Don't be, don't be spending money on me. She's <laughs> <laughs> seven, bro. What you doing meeting in the back? Who? I mean, that's that? silk, bro. Yep. That's who, who silk. Me? me and my mama. Yeah, me, 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 and, oh, you and your mama. That's who in the meet, okay? And me. And me. I'm in the meet, okay? And you and my mama. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me get out there. <laughs> she just fuck up. Yeah, her mama. Hey, get out. <laughs> get out. Yeah, there you go. And that's how you get your baby off the phone. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was there. I'm like, how she even know that? But you know, we old school, so it's probably something that she caught on to while I was playing. Mm-hmm. While her brother was over there playing, that's all it was. So how your son doing? Him. That's funny that you brought you you put your dart on the phone. I was gonna ask you about your son because you know last time he still hadn't learned how to got get that juke move down in football. So has he moved on to basketball <laughs> or is he sticking exactly. to the damn books? Listen. He, he ain't said nothing else about playing no more sports. My child is into girls. Thank you. That's all we got now, man. You know, it, 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 he he just, uh, he's into girls. Yeah. The girl that he liked in his class, she moved away. He don't want to play no sports. He talked to me about uh about watching sports. He ain't playing no more sports, man. The boy said he's into girls. That, that's what he's into, girls and cars. I don't take it. That's his he vice. Hey, we all got different vices, man. I, I just wonder yeah, about I just needed him to have. I just needed him to have something, man. You know, with me being gone as much as I'm gone, you know, him being with his mama, I'm, you know, I try my very best to Skype every day if yeah. I can. You know, put put in that time because he needs to still, you know, have time with his daddy. But you know, it's difficult, man. I'm gonna be on the road for two straight months. I mean, we're performing almost every day in some cases. So where can you people know, five, six days a week? Yeah, I was gonna say, well, like, uh, so with people who following you, like, how do if they want to catch you in a different city doing a show, like, how do they find you? How do they find the content? And they gotta go to gotta go to festivalofpraisetour.com. dot com. Festival 
of praisetour.com, and people can check out the itinerary. We start this Saturday in Seattle, Washington, and we go from there, man. I have no clue where I'm going to be at day to day. I mean, I'll obviously I'll be able to they'll give me the tour schedule, but it is um, it's it's 52 cities, and we go from October the first through December the fourth. Wait, say so you said how many cities? 52 cities Bro. from October the first to December the fourth. And the first place we go to, we fly to, uh, we fly to Seattle, and from there we are riding on a tour bus, man. And it's it's wonderful because you know Regina Bell has, uh, she's got some songs from the late '80s, early '90s. You know, baby, come to me, yeah, cause I love you. So there's a there's a moment where she and I are on stage together, and I'm you know during the show, and I ask her, how is it? on the on you know the gospel side like because i'm you know i can't come over there like it's just not feasible for me to come over there and regina bell begins to sing we in rehearsal now we in rehearsal i've been with stars for a long time and yeah. i've been around a lot of people but i've never had a a singer that's a star sing right next to me on stage and regina bell started singing her hit song it's a whole new world and I almost lost it. I was sitting right there going, you got to be kidding me. This, it, it was almost like having Beyonce sing you happy birthday. Now, you said a whole Just, new world. Is that Are we talking about a whole new world from Aladdin? That's right. See, that that's Regina Bell had that. Uh, long before then. Didn't even know that. But I tell you what, when you just said a whole new world, it triggered something inside of me. I used to think, I used to want me a monkey and a carpet. <laughs> Aladdin, a was, Aladdin was my guy and Jasmine was the finest thing walking. You couldn't yeah, tell me nothing. It's amazing how the cartoon people be fine. Cause let me tell you who I wanted. I wanted that little uh, that little Smurf girl. Now she looked like the rest of the Oh yeah, I, I know. Her. And she had blonde hair, with, you know, yeah. That, that's all that she had. She was a white was woman, though. You know she was a white woman. I, I forgot her name. She was a white woman. Yeah, you know how I knew she was a white woman? She didn't have no ass. She had blonde hair. And because it was a smirk, they had to make her blue. But that's the white woman with blue eyes and blonde hair. I'm telling you, that's what that's it was. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it was. I thought she was fine. But but in actuality, she looked like the rest of the Smurfs. Yeah. She just had that blonde hair. Well, I, I was about Jasmine. If you go back and watch Aladdin, you look at Jasmine. Jas Jasmine got a little knot in the ass too, bro. You can't tell in them hammer pants. But I swear to God, you go look back. I was back. a little bit older. I was a little bit older, so I missed the Aladdin part. But I was on Jessica Rabbit. Now, now, uh, now Jessica Rabbit was a porn star, man. Yes. Yeah. Jessica yeah, I Rabbit. I don't know why we have the mm. cartoon women, but hey. Hey, I mean they got real pornos uh, with Jessica Rabbit in it, man. <laughs> Don't judge me, but I'm just saying they got cartoon porn, so that means she was fine. She was ahead of the game, yeah, man. She was, yeah, she was. She was before her time, man. So what? So what's some stuff coming? I you been you been with Earthquake how long now? Man, three years since that day of the improv. That's how long we've been rocking together, man. We've been rocking together for three years. It'll be three full years in December. Yeah. So, so what's we, the we biggest thing? What do you think? What do you feel like is the most important thing that you've learned from Earthquake personally and business wise? The most important thing personally? Yeah. Watch your money. Watch your money. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, we there are times where you see so much money coming in, going out, you know, it's exchanging hands and it's, you know, it's passing through and it's like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of 
you know, untaxed cash that goes through your hands. Yeah. And so watch your money, meaning don't get in these tax, don't, get, that, that's the personal part. Yeah. Even though that covers professional as well, watch your taxes because, you know, you can get caught up and he's having tax issues right now. Him, yeah. um, Sydney, what's, what's my man, not Sydney, Sinbad, they all, they both have the same lawyer so many, because comedy you just it's a lot of untaxed money man yeah but you got to pay your taxes you know we we ain't donald trump i can't not pay my fees no so yeah and now yeah, you can't and, not you can't not pay your taxes and still have a good hair piece yeah no yeah you can't do none of that that's that's that uh rich white man disease however <laughs> the the biggest thing uh professionally was work ethic now, I had a really great work, work ethic. My father taught me my work, work ethic. You know, we had to get up on Saturday mornings and go cut yards and cut down trees and kill hogs and all this country stuff that nobody else was doing, or at least none of my other friends talked about doing or shelling peas before school. And so now, whenever I'm with Quake, it's a lot of work, man. When, when we have to, when we were doing the radio show, our Fridays would be long. we fly in on Thursday. Friday morning, we had to get up at 5 o'clock radio from 5 to 11 by 1 o'clock we were doing our radio show that would go from 1 to about 6 1 to no 1 to 5 wherever depending on what time zone we were in once we got done with that we had two shows on Friday night so not only do you you've been up since 5 you got to be funny on 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 you know on demand yeah like there you still have to be funny after you had to be funny at all these radio stations after you had to be funny doing your own radio show after you had to be creative doing that now you got to go to the stage and you still got to be funny yeah so it's work ethic and professionalism although i'd already prided myself on professionalism to be with somebody who outworked you now it, it was it was a thing of me outworking him and being just as funny and so i worked just as hard if not harder than he does now just to show him I'm worth it you yeah. know because he, he he's been in it for 20 and I, and I get I reap a lot of benefits from what he's already done so now it's it's me now it's now it's okay dear you you're not just gonna reap the benefits you're gonna show him why you deserve to reap, reap the benefits you know Steve Harvey said something on on social media the other day that was a recording and I know I shared it what Steve Harvey told his young interns was successful people, when you come around them, they get tired of people trying to get what they've earned. Yep. The money that Earthquake and all these other successful people that they've earned, that's for them. When you get around successful people, you need to get what they've learned, yep. not what they've earned. And so what I do is I try to I try to outwork Quake, be wherever he's going to be at. If he's got radio, I'm there. That way I can get what he's learned and, and so that I can learn. I can learn how to earn it on my own. So that's the biggest thing, man. What, I, I've and, got and, a lot of what he's learned. Yeah, and that makes sense, bro, because I mean and it's it's only it's about longevity and not to be funny, if you're going out if you're going after what he's earned, and let's just say for instance in, in ten years he doesn't have the notoriety, he doesn't have the money, then you don't have anything. But if you learn something from him and you learn how you know, how he got to this point and then like you said, you already had the work ethic of your father. So you already knew what that's about. So to, to take what you already know, to, to learn what you're learning now with Quake, even whether he grows or falls, you can continue to grow because, like you said, you learn something from him. So, no, that, yeah. that definitely makes a lot of sense. One of the questions I did have to ask you personally, bro, how do you stay grounded? And the reason I asked you that is because you got people, man, you got people who who think they the shit and they ain't done nothing but ate in a restaurant 
where a famous person was. They didn't talk to him. They ain't took pictures. They ain't performed in front of him. They ain't sat down and ate dinner with him. And you've done all these things, but you are continuously grounded. And what I mean by that is my podcast is not uh, 97, Hot 97 in, in Atlanta. It's not one of the major shows in New York. It's not The Breakfast Club, but you continuously reach out to me. You continuously check on me. And, and I mean, you already know I support you. I always have supported you. But for everything that you do, still coming back to Texacana, still doing the things that you do, um, trying to help out in the community and going to the same barbershop when you go back home, how do you stay grounded, man? Because so many people struggle with that who are not even famous or who are not even in a spotlight that you're in. Well, here's the deal, man. My father taught me as I was growing up, and I learned the lesson when I was a kid, but I kind of forgot it. I was playing basketball at the Boys and Girls Club, and I was the star on my team. It was my seventh grade year. I'm balling. I'm kicking tail. And my mama says, and I probably got a triple-double. This is this is real talk. I, have, I, I am the best player on my team in the seventh grade, playing for a team called the Eagles at the Boys and Girls Club, and my mom... After the game, I was we were dropping off this uh, guy Charles Jones. We were dropping Charles Jones off at home, and I mean I didn't kill. And my mama said, "Son, you had a good game." I was like, "Yeah, I know." And she was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> Somebody compliments you, you don't you don't go." Yeah, I know. You say thank you. Yeah. So now let's fast forward to about three or four years ago. My father, my father told me he said, "Son, keep your head down on your way up." In case you ever have to come back down, you can hold your head up. Now, that's what's what, up, bro. what that like simply that. says is remain humble. Yeah. You know, just as I'm climbing up, man, listen, if I have to, you know, I don't step on anybody to get to where I'm going to. But just like God can elevate you, he can, he can bring you back down. And especially if you allow people to place you up there, you can show them be brought back down. So yeah. my thing is, is to remain humble, man. Just just got the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And so just because I've been around these people, that doesn't make me better than anybody else. Just because those people have a certain amount of money doesn't make them better than me, better than you, or better than anybody. And yeah. so for me, it's easy to remain humble for right now. Let's, let's say this here. My prayer is that I remain this way once all of the money and the accolades come. Mm-hmm. And and that's because I see how you easily you can get lost in the sauce. Oh, oh it's sure. easy to get lost in fame and fortune and people telling you you're the greatest and, and whatnot. And so, you know, my faith and, and, and having my parents and, and actually staying in Texas and not getting used to that L.A. lifestyle, yeah. that, that is what keeps me grounded. It keeps me humble. It keeps me saying, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, this is how I'm going to be. This is who I am, and this is how I'm going to be. So that's what keeps me, you know, to where I'm the same. What did Genuine say? Same, same OG. OG. Yeah, that's what I am, No, I think that's important, right? And it's funny. I always try to, to be honest and, and real with the, the listeners. I literally have been struggling to hear you with the phone call because my dumb ass didn't click the button to hear you in my headphone. That's why you probably heard me like <laughs> you probably heard me like an old man to my huh? Say it again. What do you say? I, I didn't. I couldn't okay. hear you. But now I'm, I'm now, now now we in the game. No, I, I did want to talk to you about you know as of late people have been talking about everything that's going on as far as racism in America and cops killing 
black men or unarmed black men. And not to be funny, I think the last two out of the five incidents I personally have seen, it was one black uh, cop that beat up on a homeless guy on a transit on a bus uh, transit station, and then it was another cop that shot I think the guy in Charlotte, uh, or yeah, in Charlotte. So overall, what do what are your thoughts on what's happening right now in America, as far as cops and unarmed black men and just society? Period. And if if any, what solution would you give? Because that's the biggest thing. Everybody's trying to figure out. What is a solution? And nobody has a solution at this point. I'm glad you said that because that is what I'm all about, the solution. Uh, stating the problem is one part of it, man. We learn at school. Yeah. State, state the problem. You know what I'm saying? Now we got to go find a solution, man. That That is the real deal. So now what no one wants to deal with is what the, what the real solution is, and that is we've got to go back to the beginning yeah. of the problem. The beginning of the problem is the Constitution. That is the beginning of the problem. We are still not uh, considered a full human per the Constitution. Yeah. And without our president being a constitutional lawyer, surely he could have done something about that. He and his wife both are constitutional uh, lawyers by trade. And so we have to go back. And at the time that the Constitution was written, it was not written for people that look like you or I. Now, do we do we want to fall under that umbrella? Absolutely. It would be wonderful if we fell under that umbrella. However, it was not written for us. The, these rights were kind of handed down, and it, it we and they treat us as if though they gave us the hand me downs. Okay. Yeah. So now, if we can't go back to to fixing it from the Constitution, let's let's start from today. Now they've already gotten rid of the private prison systems, but I mean the damage is done. done. So now what we've got to do is we've got to stop having uh, our law enforcement officers have quotas. They should not have quotas. Not at all. That they must be, because if they if they have quotas, here's what you need to do: you go after the low hanging fruit. That's going to be in those areas where the the economy is not uh, as great. So it, let's just say Texarkana, for instance. They're not going to patrol the Pleasant Grove area as much as they would the College Hill area. Not at all. Because in the Pleasant Grove area, there's no need to uh, really steal, even though they probably do. Yes. But there's no need because the crime is lower in that area, so they're going to go to where the crime is. Now, how did that happen? They began to redline us. This all happened from, you know, you got from slavery to Jim Crow. And then these they redlined us, so we couldn't even move past a certain point. Uh, before yeah. we we couldn't move past a certain like whenever after the world what was it World War Two yeah. they said listen you can't come past this line and move over here so now they've basically boxed us in and you have what you call projects those projects actually came from stuff that Hitler was trying and the United States adopted it okay so now we've got to we've got to we and this is all dealing with systemic racism I know I'm kind of all over the place. No, but you're perfect. The law enforcement is going to go for the low-hanging fruit is what I'm saying, and it's in a general area, and they put us in that area, okay? So we've got to stop the um, the police um, minimum or they, their uh, quotas. Yeah. We also have to have more training for our law enforcement. Now, our state troopers, they have more training. And this, this is the reason I know that because my girlfriend's brother, he was a a city cop and now he's a state trooper he has so he had so much training as a state trooper when Colin Kaepernick said that 
uh, our estheticians, our oh, yeah. barbers, our hairstylists, they have to have more, more training, training yeah. than a cop. Hey, man, that that's something. amazing that to use this curling iron, you need more training than you do with a gun. Yeah. And so we're seen as a threat, man. Our skin is our sin. And so if they had more training or they had proper training, possibly this would not happen. Now, they what a lot of people like to say is that, well, black-on-black crime is a problem. That's not, there's no such thing, man. Uh, wherever you stay at, that's probably that's where, the where the crime, crime is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever environment you're in, so there's there, white people kill white people. They don't say there's white-on-white white crime. No. You know, they always go back to Chicago, and especially with Donald, Donald Trump and him talking about, well, you walk down the street, you get shot. Your schools are horrible. What up? Listen. That is not black America. That is what the news shows. That's all they show. And that's what they highlight. And so the problem, what we need to do as blacks or as Americans is we've got to, love is a part of it, but man, we've got to stop. uh, We've got to stop putting these police officers on quotas. A police officer should be, uh, they should, it should be mandated that if, if there is an area like Chicago, man, listen, you flood that area with police officers, but not to harass the citizens yeah. to get to know them. You 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 put those police officers, and they have to do they have to be on foot patrol part of the time. Let the community see that they're there. You're not here to harass us. Man, listen, you can fix a lot of that stuff just like that. And I have so many solutions to this. Um, the minimum wage issues. I have I have lots of solutions. It is difficult to. Um, apply them because I'm not a lawmaker. Yeah. Now, here's another piece that we need to do. We need to start donating money to these campaigns. Now, you, you put yourself on uh, a donation list to somebody's campaign, now they've got to start inviting you to those dinners. Okay? They invite you to those dinners. Now you get to rub shoulders with your senators and your congressmen and, and your state representatives. All of those people, we, there are things that we can do in our community. They don't believe that we, they're not making laws for us because we ain't in, in there saying, hey, we need laws. Well, that's the we, thing I was going to say, too, because so many people, huh? I feel like so many people wanted Obama to be the 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 end all be all change, but like you said, it does take us. It it does take a community. And it takes us doing things on an everyday, you know, on on an everyday level, on a on a level playing field to get in there to vote to do all these things. Also, I wanted to say something about the quota. I do believe you, and I do agree with you as in, in reference to the quotas because even if you look at Wells Fargo, the CEO of Wells Fargo, he had all their employers on quotas. And they got to a point to where they needed to meet these quotas to keep their jobs, to get bonuses and certain things to where they started figuring out loopholes and scams to sign people up for accounts that they didn't really ask for and actually ended up having, you know, stealing all this money and putting all these people in debt. Quotas really, quotas are meant for certain things. Yes. And it's the same thing for police. Yeah. And, and and other police officers need to start speaking up. You know how, and this is just a, it's, it's like asking white people to speak up for the for for the white people that's doing wrong. That's that's gonna be hard. Well, there there are those that that now I'm gonna tell you how Republicans think. If it's not, and this is most Republicans, and I just heard this from a Republican. If it's not about money, they really don't care exactly about that situation. So. If it doesn't affect their pockets, they're not worried about it. I've had to stop myself from reading comments on Facebook because it was making me sick. Yeah. 
you know, I want I want to I want to help heal and I, and what I'm screaming, I want other people to hear me when I'm screaming, man, Black Lives Do Matter. We're not saying nobody else matters or Black Lives only Black Lives Matter. I'm just saying that they are killing us. Yeah. You know, they're 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 gunning us, they're murdering us. They're not just they're murdering us and they're getting away with it. And that's the problem that blacks have with the police shootings. It's not that they're they're getting away with it. Yeah, they're not being away. That's a free pass. You get free money, and we see what's happening now. And see, the Rodney King beating was just a beginning. That was just the beginning. Blacks have been dealing with this. Oh, yeah. That was just the first time it's caught on tape Video like tape, that. Yeah. And now with the cell phones, with cameras, Everybody can catch you. But the thing and about so it is, they're discrediting. I mean, the thing too is, I mean, as you already see, they always try to discredit the black per the black man who's been killed, even though he may not be committing a crime at that point in time. If he has any kind of write up, and that's the thing that I try to tell people all the time. Let's just take for instance a Ray Rice. Let's take for instance a Ray Lewis. Let's take for instance whatever other black man who's gotten in trouble in the NFL. A lot of times the difference between black people and exposure and and knowing things is so important because you have a lot of black athletes from high school to college. And this is me knowing some athletes who made it that far to college, to the NFL. They think they own everything. They think they can't be touched. Nothing happens to them because they haven't been exposed and they haven't been educated on the things that could happen or all the different uh, perspectives they need to know about having money and being in a position of power like that. White people, like you said, they're doing the same things. You got white people in the NFL that's beating women, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, you know, supposedly. And and you have white people doing the same things that black people are doing. But the thing about white people with money, they have somebody to cover it up or they have some kind of exposure or education in reference to that lifestyle or certain things to where it will never like it will never come to the light. You know what I'm saying? And I think what we're doing and what we're, you know, trying to talk and debate about and ex- about exposure and, and, and solutions This is what we need to do I, I tell people all the time I don't want to sit in another town hall meeting Where all black people are talking about solutions We need to be talking to white people And other people that the issues are directly affecting Or the people Like the oppressors of the police We need to be sitting down talking to people like that Now the hard part is They just haven't seemed to, to be listening Because these places and these town hall meetings And these type of meetings that we're talking about They're happening around America right now But Nothing seems to be changing, man. Well, the change isn't going to come overnight. Of course, you know, Sam, things don't come. And so, here's the here's the deal. We have to ask people. We've got to learn to infect and affect our community. We see something negative, we have to say something about it. You see something positive, you have to highlight it. And we, it's it's our job as a community to, to raise. You know, a better generation, a stronger generation, a more aware, a better equipped generation. And so part of me doing that is which is me substituting. So I substitute in schools yeah. because I feel like I'm able to reach tomorrow, today. Yeah. If you, the, the, these kids, they see what we do in the, in in life and they go oh man it ain't it's never going to get any better we can't this is this is the environment that we're in it's all we got and they see that and they go well i'm stuck this is where i'm at yeah hard to dream nowadays and i i think even if we don't get legislation if we don't get racial equality we still have to uh 
be progressive as a race. We've got to each one teach one. Yeah. Each one reach one reach one teach one. And so we've got to teach our kids about owning businesses and not trying to train them to get a job. That's a that's a big problem we have in our community. We want to teach them how to get a good job. That's when I was growing up they were like my uncle told me he said, you know, you don't want to work in that tall building. You want to own, own it. it. Yeah. It's so we don't teach ownership. We teach we teach working for, yeah. while other races teach ownership. No matter how small, no matter how small it is, they teach this is yours. Yeah. You own it. That's the, that's the American dream. And so we we have to in our community build up leaders that. Know, and and it's not like we don't know how to own. Yeah. These drug dealers are fantastic they own, owners. Yes, they are. And they can miss me with black folks not good at math. Man, do you know these jokers can eyeball that way down in those Exactly. <laughs> they know it a fourth of a gram, an eighth of a gram. You ain't got to know it. You put it in a bag, they can see it. It's a calculator. Yeah. It's a mental calculator. They can eyeball that thing. Yeah. And so we, the, we've got to teach legal ownership in our community. We've got to teach uh, we, the crab in a bucket mentality. Yeah, it, it can be that way. But uh, take, it, take, um, take the Chinese, for example. When they re- they do a census, and when they realize they have so many doctors, now your child can't be a doctor. I don't give a damn if that was his dream. You can't be a doctor now because we have enough of those. Yeah. Let's do something Let's else. Do something else. And for the pl- and for the black people who listen to what you just said, stop. I think education is important, but we definitely need. To- I think a lot of times, and, and and I'm probably I may get crucified for saying it, but I think a lot of times with black people, we go to school for the easiest shit just to get a degree and not realizing that, okay, you got a degree, but sometimes that can actually affect you in the long run. If you just get a generic degree, a teacher is a degree where you can not to be funny. You can get a job anywhere being a teacher, but like you said, what about going to be like a principal or something in management to where you can be the superintendent, like you said, over a school, as opposed to just working and still having to answer to somebody who may not even have the bright ideas that you have. That's right. I mean, the the thing is, you <laughs> see, education is it's needed, but you have to be able to apply what yeah. you learn. You take a lot of people that have graduated from college, man. They're not working in the field in which they went to school for. Yeah, they didn't have a clue how to go out there and get that job or create jobs. Yeah, they didn't have a clue, and so now they're stuck doing something they really don't even want to do. Yeah. It's not even in their field. Yeah. There's a lot of people with degrees that teach. They don't have the passion to do it. Nope. You got to have a passion for that. We also need more black male teachers in our schools. Oh, for sure. That's what we need in our middle schools, our high schools, our elementary schools. And the, let me say this here. Now, this, this is just as true as I can be. Just because, and, and see a lot of black males that would actually teach in in the elementary schools, this is this is off of the eyeball test and what I've seen, not something that is statistically correct. Those would be more of your softer males or those that are in the LGBTQ community. Yeah, true. Okay? Yeah. Now, here's the deal. Those kids still need to see a black man. And what they need to see is not who you sleep with at night. They just need to see an example of a man. Yeah. You can be whatever you want to be, LGBTQ. However, you do not have to Advertise when you are influencing young minds of tomorrow who you lay down with at night. Yeah. So we need more black males in the school. When when integration happened, you ex- excavated all 
of your black male teachers. There was no way in the world that any black male was going to be able to tell a white, a kid what to white do. child what to do. Shit, you barely can do it now. Happen. You can barely do it now. And so, and so even, and, and, and let me tell you, those our kids get put out of class more because white people don't know how to deal with our boisterous personalities. Yeah. That, that's what's that's that's a big problem in our school system. So we've got to get back in there so that we can educate our own or have enough money to send them to charter schools. Charter schools work, but in those charter schools, like in Chicago, where that the all boys schools, they have a ninety nine or ninety eight percent graduation rate, and it's all black males. So it's not that we can't do it; we just have to be. You just have to have. You got to be properly motivated. I'll go back and to I what you were saying before, like creating. Yeah, and, and, and going back to what you were saying before, like creating, you can create your own charter school. Like if you come together and let's just say you get 20 black parents who say, I want to teach my kid this. You get the funding, you come together, you write a proposal to, to whatever district you're in. You have an opportunity, as long as you have a good proposal and a layout of curriculum and somebody to back you and, and, and teachers and certified teachers to teach that you may only start out with a school of a hundred kids, but that's better than nothing. And you can do it on your own. It's not that you can't do it. And I think sometimes it, like I keep going back to exposure. We, a lot of times black people, we don't know all the things that we can do. Me and you have talked about it before. We're coming up in Texas. The only things we thought about was the basic things, uh, uh, teacher, doctor, nurse, whatever like that. And if not that we work at a plant, but being in the city and, and, and traveling and getting to know different people, you be, you become exposed to things that you know that you didn't know you could do yesterday, but today, you know something, and that's about being open minded as well. That's right. But I, that's right. I just won't change, bro. I, I think I, you know the conversation has been happening a lot, but I, I think one of the biggest things is I, as far as the race and things of that nature. Like I feel like yeah, definitely it's going to take a conversation amongst different races, but in order to fix what happens in the black community. I don't think we can continue to sit back and wait for white America or the government no. to do everything that needs to be done. We, we need to we start learning die. how to love ourselves, you know, because that's something that we, we continuously struggle with, you know, and that's why I said it. So I always tell you it's a big ups to you because you haven't lost yourself, you know, doing comedy and being in Hollywood and doing those things and, and, and consistently a black person. I guarantee every black person at least has one story to tell about offering something to another black person that may have taken something from them. Now, I'm not saying that every race doesn't do that, but I don't care about every other race at this moment that I'm talking. I'm focusing on our people because we are the ones that need that healing. I also wanted to go back to something and, and just throw a number out there. It's not an exact number, but it's an approximate number. Two, four, 247. And the reason I say 247 is because 400 years is where we, we were in slavery for 400 years. We've been free approximately 153 years. So we haven't uh -huh. even broken even with the pro with, with, with being programmed and all the things that we were told we could not be. So like you said, it, we may not be we may not even be alive in this lifetime like Dr. Martin Luther King. He's not alive to see what he did or what he started back then take place now. And what we're trying to do now, we're not going to be alive. 247 years from now to see the things that we tried to put into our daughters and nephews and nieces and sons and but the point is we have to lay groundwork we have to educate and expose at this point in time to work hopefully in 247 years when it's even that something that we're talking about now that change has happened it, it's, it's 
here. You remember when we were in school, man? They used to do those time capsules. Yeah. I have no clue what happened to the one that I did. I know I was in about the first, second, or maybe even third grade, and I don't remember what all we put in there. I know we put stuff in there. Yeah. I have no clue what happened to that time capsule, but I know that we did something then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, but it's still there. So whatever we do today, man, listen. listen yeah. In about twenty years, it could still be here yeah. if we do the right thing. Yeah. You know, we've got to do what is right. We've got to do what's that's the main thing. We got to start doing what's right. We we just got to do. We got to do right. We got to do better. I I wake up every day. I'm gonna tell you something. I wake up every day, and I attempt to be excellent. And whenever see Ricky Bobby on that movie Talladega Nights when he was going, I piss excellent. I try to. Here's, here's the thing about that man. It sounds silly every day. I think I'm I think I'm the coldest person alive. Yeah. Now, by, let's say I wake up at 8. By 9, I realize that I'm not. But guess what? From 9 until 9.15, I try to be the coldest mofo again. Yeah. Now, now, at 9.16, I fail. Yeah. But 9.17, I'm back up trying to be the coldest dude again. And probably by 11.23, I'm going to fail again. Yeah. And then I'll probably lick my wounds until noon. And then from 12 until 3.30, I'm the baddest dude alive. Yeah. And then I fail again. So there's nothing wrong with failing, but I try to be better than I was just a few minutes ago. And I continually try to be the best that I can be no and and that's crazy that you say that it's crazy you say that because I've said a lot of times with the podcast like it's been times I mean I mean not to be funny I'm doing this podcast with you by myself the last time I did it with you it was two people in a studio well I don't know if you've heard but it's just me now and it's me going forward but the funny thing when you were saying that I was like damn that's crazy because I know a lot of times I wake up or a Saturday comes, which is normally when I do the podcast. So when people hear this, this podcast is happening right now, Thursday night at 7.44 p.m. Sometimes I, I'll do a show and I'm thinking, damn, this show is good. And then I'll look across all the platforms where the podcast is located and I'll tally up the numbers for who listen. And some weeks it may be like 180. Some weeks it's 500. Some weeks, you know, especially when we were in the studio, it was like 15,000. And then I may listen to another podcast that ain't talking about nothing. They not educating. They not they not inspiring. You know, they not doing nothing, but they got a hundred thousand listeners. And I'm and, and for and at that moment I'm like, why am I even doing this? And then it may be a phone call or a text message where somebody hits it and they they'll they'll push play on my podcast and they'll say, Hey man, you guys killed it this week, so on and so forth. Or not to be funny, somebody like yourself will reach out to me and I'm like, damn, somebody's still listening, somebody still cares. And like you say, at that moment, it's just enough to make you feel like whatever you need to feel like for an hour. And maybe you go back into that rut. But like you said, the point of the matter is, is to keep climbing. You may keep falling down, but like they say, the old cliche saying, you know, fall down seven times, get up eight. And I think that's that's a positive message. And it's a it's a, a great message to teach kids, to teach human beings. I just interviewed uh, this book company, black book company, Melanin Origins, this past week. And they were talking about, um, you know, continuing to get up and, and, and not to fall down and, and and just keep failing if it means success at some point in time. And I think we have to learn to just keep going, but we don't like to lose. It's just like dating. Guys don't like to be told no. No one likes to be rejected. But if you don't ever ask, how do you know? That's right. If you don't ask another girl after you've been told no by one girl, how you know you miss you ain't missing out on your wife? 
So it's everything in life, you just got to keep trying. You just got to keep getting up. If it's depression, you got to fight through it. If it's a loss of a job, you got to keep applying for one. If it's a loss of a girlfriend, you got to get your build yourself back up and get back out there. And I think that's the the story or what we're trying to say today with, you know, racism and everything else. Just keep trying. Shit looks very bad now, right now. I'll tell you something. So I told you I'm going on tour with Fred Hammond, right? Yep. I saw the video you did with him too. He done lost some weight, man. Yeah, no, Fred, Fred's still big, man. <laughs> <laughs> he might have lost some weight. <laughs> 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 uh, ah, shit. <laughs> I must ain't seen it. Uh, he he did he did have a, he did have on all black though. Yeah, with the right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was her. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. He um, did. <laughs> Here's the thing that you can't be. Don't be discouraged. If yeah. that's your purpose, you can't get discouraged. You have to continue. Whether when in comedy we say whether it be one or one thousand, man, I'm going out there to tell them jokes. Now, I tell you this here. It was um, I took it spiritually. Seven years ago, January tenth, two thousand nine, I did a show at the Four States Fairground in Texas County with Fred Hammond. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't. I I didn't talk to him that night. He didn't talk to me. We didn't. We didn't know each other. Now, fast forward to 2016. I'm Saturday. I start touring with Fred. Yeah. This past the past week and a half, I've been in Dallas uh, helping produce his tour. Okay. So, in producing the tour, man, Fred has leaned on me a whole lot, and it's shocking that he has done so. But. I t- this is this is what I learned in that time. Fred has a warehouse in Dallas. It's where you know they fix cars and they built our set for the tour. Now, when I walked in that warehouse, I walked walked in there and it's humongous. Yeah. And he's got four, maybe five posters on the wall. One, two posters of or of him, and three other posters are of just concerts he's done yeah. through the years, just through the years. When I walked in there, I saw the poster that I was on where I hosted the event in 2009. Now, Fred has had that poster in there since then. I'm I'm pretty sure of it, right? So now with him having that poster hanging up in there, Fred has walked by that poster millions of times. And so I'll, I'll read to you what I put on Instagram. I said, what's amazing is that seven years ago, I was the host of a concert with Fred Hammond in Texas County. That night, I didn't get to meet him, but I was on the show. Now, this picture that I have up is the poster from that night. Let's fast forward to present day, and now I'm co-hosting Fred Hammond's uh, Festival of Praise Tour. Seven is the number of, of completion. Now, that picture that I posted has been hanging in Mr. Hammond's warehouse slash studio since that time. Here's what I'll tell you about what that picture means to me. It means that when you think they've forgotten about you, hang in there. When they walk by you every day, hang in there. If you feel like they don't notice you, hang in there. Life will take you on a journey that is sure to have its share of ups and downs. It's in those downtimes that you've just got to hang in there. Everything will be all right. I've been hanging in that man's warehouse, and I've been hanging in that man's warehouse for seven years. That man ain't thought nothing about me. Yeah. He don't walk past me every single day. But because I hooked up with Earthquake, and they wanted Earthquake, they had to take me. Yeah. It, my journey is almost complete, man. It's almost complete, brother. That's Seven is the number of completion. 
and now I'm co-hosting that man's Festival of Praise tour. And I've been hanging in that man's warehouse, the only quote-unquote non-star hanging up in that man's warehouse. Yeah. All you got to do Ed, with this podcast, hang in there, man. Yeah. When you feel like they ain't fooling with you, hang in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just hang in there, bro. Your time will come. Yeah, that's the crazy part, too, because, uh, you know, a lot a lot of people always tell me that, and, it, and it's like you hear it, and sometimes you be like, are they just telling me that because they cool with me, or are they telling me that because that's really how they feel? But no, 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 I, I definitely appreciate what you just said, man, and that's real. Like, sometimes that's that's the hardest part is to hang in there, and I know you know that because I'm pretty sure you've had a, ch- a time where you're like, hey, ain't nobody calling. You're sitting on the bed. You ain't got no money. Whatever the case may be, people ain't fucking with you, and you're like, why am I even still doing this? And literally, I've been saying this probably on and off for six months. I've literally been one step, one day, one week, one month away from like, fuck it, cancel the whole podcast. And it's so funny because I'll get an email in my inbox from people like Melanin Origins or people who have a connection with uh, Boyce Watkins and stuff like that. That's like, hey, we heard you keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, how the fuck you even hear about me? But like you said, people are listening. So, yeah, hey, people, man. People listening. But hey man, when I appreciate. They, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Me, they yeah, and that's that's the that's the. Whole they don't stop listening to you. They paying attention. That, that's just that's just the nature of how things go. It don't happen on our time. It happens in God's time. And when we give up, it's just at that moment, right before we receive our blessing. Now it's gonna be tough. Yeah. It's gonna be days where ain't nobody listening. It's been days where I ain't had no audience. Man, they look whenever you finally get one, it's good. Oh, oh my God. Hey man, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you for taking the time out. I know we talked about thirty minutes. We almost got an hour in, but hey man, I'm gonna um, tell people hey, where they can find you at real did. quick before you get out of here. You said say that again. Now. Uh, tell people where they can find you at before we get out of here. You can find me Derek Keener on Facebook. That's D E R R I C K K E E N E R. Same way on Twitter and on Instagram. You just put an underscore in between my first and my last name. Please check out the solo scene videos and share them. And if you want to see me anytime between October the 1st and December the 4th, go to festivalofpraisetour.com. Let me just drop a little tidbit in there. Now, ain't nobody supposed to know this, but I would suggest to anybody that is part of my family, friends list, and you really want to see me get out November the 20th, that tour with me in Dallas, Texas. I'll just say I got a big part. Let's just say that. All right, man. Well, I'll make sure I keep pumping it, man, and we appreciate you for calling in, bro. Good luck. Take and care of yourself, man. You, man. No, love, no problem, man. You take it easy, bro. I finally fell in love now. Hardy, bitch, you want to come and fuck up my plan. I'm just trying to be who I am. It's just something they'll never understand. And that was Derek Keener, a.k.a. Soul Osteen, a.k.a. The Come Up King. We want to say thank you again to our listeners and Derek Keener for uh, stopping by the podcast and giving us another great interview before he goes on tour. You guys be sure to check him out on the Festival of Praise tour. He said, I think November 20th he'll be right here in Dallas. So please look up the Festival of Tour, uh, pray, Festival of Praise tour and go check him out. And if you can or if you're in Dallas on November 20th, go check him out. If you want to keep up with all things the reality is, Follow us at www.thatherealityis.com. Again, that's www.thereallityis.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, everywhere. 
if you have an iPhone, you can check us out on iTunes every week. We put something out. If you haven't listened to a podcast, uh, you need to listen to this one. If you haven't heard of us and you know and you're listening now, go tell somebody to tell somebody to tell somebody. Leave us a rating or review. Click on the heart. Show us some love. And don't forget, on October 14th from 6 to 8, come out to Wild Detectives Bookstore for the Reality Us Presents Speak Easy. It's going to be an open dialogue on love and relationships with entomologist expert Dr. Kat Smith. There's limited space available, so it's first come, first serve on seating and standing room. And every time, every week, every time you hear a podcast, it'll be on Wednesday. Tonight, I may drop a little special uh, key for you. Major key. But uh, yeah, <laughs> not to be funny, but for real, we dropping stuff, man. We're going to hit you with a good one every Wednesday going forward. If you want to uh, leave us um, a comment or if you want to a topic you want us to talk about or you even want to be on the podcast hit us up at info at the reality is and always remember man inhale courage to excel success this is your host anthony roberts see you guys next week Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.